The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Good morning, church. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome online as well. Uh, thank you, worship team. That's very exciting. Uh, welcome here. If you are new here, uh, we would love to get to know you. And if you want to get to know us, you are welcome to uh, go to our website and scan that code. And it'll read you right, uh, bring you right into our website and uh, you can sign up uh, just for information. And it'll be amazing. We get to know each other. Uh, it's September. Yeah. <laughs> that was about as, as much as I expected. Uh, yeah, it's not quite as, as exciting as spring is sometimes, right? But fall is nice. You know, you get to wear your sweaters again, get to drink warm. Um, I drink tea, but I guess most of you drink coffee probably. And it's just going to be super nice and to just cozy. That's what I love about this season. It's cozy. Uh, but uh, ministry is going to just full steam ahead, not quite as cozy as, as maybe at home. Uh, so there's a lot of information coming at you right now and more when, when Doug, Doug is going to come up later. But, so keep your eyes and ears peeled and we're going to get through this. First of all, a lot of our ministries, actually, if you want to be part of them, require uh, for you to do Plan to Protect. Plan to Protect is for at-risk um, um, populations, so anyone uh, under 18 and then uh, older as well for seniors. And basically, if we want to engage with uh, these groups of people, that means we want to protect them and we want to protect us, which is what Plan to Protect is all about. If you have been certified in Plan to Protect, you can just go for the refresher course and it'll just keep it up to date. Even if you don't think you're going to be in ministry this year, uh, just, just keeping it up to date is just as easy as just going to this. Uh, and uh, it'll be on Tuesday, September 13th, this coming Tuesday. So if you want to be part of that, uh, just sign up with Sheila and we'll, we'll get you in. Um, if you want to do the full course, you'll have to talk to Sheila as well or to the office and they'll get you set up. Now, one of those programs that Plan to Protect is for is the kids program. And Sheila is back there. She's full force. Um, all, the, all the kids programs from um, nursery up to the wave are happening today. Uh, uh, but uh, it's really important that you register your kids for those programs, uh, which makes it a lot easier for us to sign them in and sign them out afterwards. So if you could do that, that'd be amazing. There's a super cute uh, uh, QR code that you can scan and it'll get you right to the form and you can just uh, sign up. Another, fo uh, um, sorry, another, another ministry that you will have to uh, sign up your kids for is our youth ministry and our youth ministry a kickoff was this last Friday. We went to Corn Maze. It was a blast. And we're going right into uh, Matthew with, alongside with the church this fall. And uh, Doug is going to talk a little bit about, more about uh, what that entails. Uh, and that's going to include like, um, like the Illumination Bible. Doug's going to talk more about that. And uh, yeah, 
we just, if your kids, if you have kids, if you are uh, grades 6 to 12, uh, this is for you. Sign up, get to know us. We, we'd love to have you there. Um, our young adults, we are also engaging hard. We're starting this tomorrow uh, at 7 p.m. We're going to uh, jump into a um, discipleship slash... Um, well, it's uh, the book of Mark, actually, uh, with Francis Chan. It's a, it's a video series that we're get, getting into, and I'm hoping it'll be just really engaging, specifically when it comes to disciple-making. And so that's what we're going to jump into for tomorrow. So if you are ages 18 to 28, uh, come talk to me, and we're going to have a blast. It's going to be amazing. If you're 29, come talk to me anyway, and we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> if... All of these sound awesome, but you're not in the uh, right age group, or you're just like, well, you know, I don't really like talking to people, or uh, you know, want to be involved in big groups. One of the things that you can do that is also very much a ministry is our chair teams. As you are aware, you're sitting on chairs, which is very exciting. Um, but after this, uh, starting next week, after the service, we're going to have to start getting rid of them after every service and setting them back up before every service. And that is a lot of work that um, a few people are doing, but it's really helpful if more people show up because, you know, as you know, many hands make light work, which means that um, if you're interested in a more physical uh, expression of love that you want to just uh, help move chairs around so we can use this space throughout the week for all kinds of different um, ministries, then come talk to me. I'll be in the foyer at the end of the service. Come talk to me. I'll have a pen and paper and I'll write down your information. It'll be great. Um, so, chair teams, uh, let me know if you're interested and uh, we'll make it happen. All right. Uh, two more. Come to the core. Uh, this is something that we have been limited in how we've been able to do it over the last two years and so we're very excited to bring this back. This is for people who want to engage and this is not just for leaders, this is not just for oh if, if you're in charge of a ministry or part of a ministry, this is for everyone in this church, this is everyone is invited. We want to we wanna make sure that we engage uh, in this conversation of just not just you know we don't want to just be Christians on Sunday morning. We want to be Christians all week long. And this is going to help us uh, take another step into uh, what that means. And so if you're interested, uh, talk to the office. Um, but Pastor Terry is going to talk a lot more over the, uh, about this over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, I'm actually super looking forward to this. Now, uh, some of you might not know, but Wednesday mornings... Uh, there is a place here called Come to the Quiet, and it is an amazing place. I have sadly not really been involved, mostly because our uh, staff meetings are on Wednesday mornings, but uh, this, is, this is a true uh, expression of Christian love where people pray for one another, pray for us, pray for our church, uh, and if you want to be involved in that, uh, you can talk to Erica Cooper. Erica, wave your hand. 
Um, she's, she's been really uh, involved in running and making sure this is happening. And even if you feel like, oh, Wednesday morning doesn't work for me, talk to Erica. Uh, we want to make sure that it works for the most people possible, and so we'll figure it all out. Now I want to invite Emmy Dreisky up, uh, and she's going to talk a little bit about uh, missions and her missionary family. So I'm very excited for that. Good morning, everyone. My name is Emmy Dreski, and I'm one of the mission lead team members. Just a quick reminder that our mission feast weekend is approaching quickly. It will be held on October 21st to the 23rd here at our church. Many exciting events have been planned for that weekend, so please note the date. And more information will be coming uh, each Sunday. I'm also our champion for Andrew and C. Joy, who are one of our missionary families that serve with Africa Inland Mission. My role as their champion is to support them in prayer, to stay connected with them, report to the mission lead team for any news from them, and to support them in any other way that God calls me to. I have been asked to speak this morning about how God has been using Andrew and Sea Joy. Their journey as missionaries has been a joyous one, as well as a journey of trials and challenges. Their story is about God and his faithfulness in their lives. In 2018, God has called this wonderful couple to serve in Chad, Africa. In order to serve there, they first were sent to France to study the language. A year later, they settled in their new home in D-Town Village in Chad, a Muslim community where they shared their faith and taught God's word. They envisioned serving there for the next 20 somewhat years. However, it was an unexpected short season for them because of the COVID pandemic and Seajoy's pregnancy, the doctors strongly advised that they return to Canada. With so much uncertainty surrounding their circumstances, their desire and call to serve God's kingdom remains the same, and God faithfully opened another door for them. Andrew and Seajoy now serve in Kenya at Rift Valley Academy as dorm parents to 15 high school girls. Rift Valley Academy is a Christian boarding school that serves 500 missionary children from over 80 mission organizations. The families of these students serve in some of the hardest to reach locations throughout the continent of Africa. The goal of the dormitory program is to prepare the students for college or university and for a life of discipleship serving in God's kingdom. 
Dorm parenting means creating a Christian home environment for the students of the missionary families, a home where they can feel safe and loved. Andrew's and Cedro's responsibility as dorm parents is to oversee the dorm life. They disciple these young women, mentor them to grow in faith, and teach them to love Christ. They live in the dormitory and are on duty 24 hours a day, including weekends. They play an active role in these girls' lives. They help them with everyday needs, emergencies, solving problems, as well as spiritual growth. They teach and model Christian principles, faith, and what it means to glorify God through dorm life. They participate in all sorts of school activities, and Andrew is involved in teaching French. Daily, they provide their home for tutoring, homework, a place for snacks, and evening devotions. But most importantly, they use their home to bless and love these girls so their families can proclaim the good news to the unreached while, they, while trusting their daughters with them. So how can we care for our missionaries? Because missionaries are ordinary people. We can care for them just like we do for any other person. We can encourage them, love them, pray for them, contribute to their needs, celebrate, celebrate with them, and weep with them. But then how do we do that when they're 10,000 miles away? Well, we can encourage them by reminding them that they are loved and that we support their work and bless their ministry, which is a ministry of love, and by sharing Bible verses with them. We can respond to their newsletters. A simple email can go a long way. We can pray for their strength and for the strength of those they are ministering to. But most importantly, by reminding them that they are not forgotten and that they are loved by us. If you would like to partner with Andrew's and Cedro's ministry, or if you are considering coming on as a monthly supporter, please go to the Africa Inland Mission website. This is important kingdom work. Now I'd like to uh, share with you uh, some prayer requests for Andrew and Seajoy. Praise God for his faithfulness and provision in Andrew's and Seajoy's lives and in their ministry. Pray for God to bless them with his wisdom and guidance as they connect with their new students and prepare for the new academic year, for we know that that can be challenging. Pray for good interaction with their new students and for soft, receptive hearts to um, hear and accept the gospel news so their students may grow in faith. Pray for God's continued provision as their family is growing. Prayers are also requested for Andrew, who has been hospitalized this Friday due to what the doctors suspect might be a mild heart attack and is waiting for an angiogram. 
Please also pray for C. Joy as she patiently waits for the test results and for strength as she copes with the sudden sad news. Ask God to strengthen her as she continues with her dorm parent responsibilities and her duties taking care of her two young children. And please pray for their son Malachi and their daughter Millie, who must miss their daddy very much and don't understand why their daddy needs to be hospitalized. Early this morning, I received a text from Seajoy reporting that the chest pains are from a viral infection around the heart. Praise the Lord, it's treatable. And if you'd like more information regarding Mission Fest weekend, or have questions regarding our missionary family in Kenya, or would like a copy of the prayer request for them, I'll be at the table by the resource wall after the service. Thank you. Thank you, Emmy. You know, one of my favorite analogies for worship is that of a wedding. And, and I was thinking this morning, I was remembering back to uh, the first time that one of my own peers got married. He was just a couple of years older than me, and I was part of the, the wedding party. And, uh, and, and he married another one of my best friends as well. So these were two people that I cared about very, very much. And I remember. I remember standing with the groomsmen and, and watching my friend Wes as he watched Wendy come down the aisle. And I, I was grinning from ear to ear because these were people that I cared about very much and this was their day. And I was just so excited for, for the attention on them and I was so excited for, for the, just the joy that they were experiencing in their day. And I think about that as, as an analogy for worship because this is Jesus' day. Every day is Jesus' day. And uh, may we just grow in our desire and our longing just to see him honored, just to see him worshipped and just the joy of that. Uh, may we grin ear to ear when his people lift up his name uh, in praise, which we're going to do just right now. So I invite you guys all to stand. sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, we don't uh, pass an offering basket around on, on Sunday mornings, and that's been ever since the pandemic, and we'll see how that kind of goes as we move along. But, but, uh, but we do kind of have this space in, in the service just to acknowledge how faithful God has been to us, how faithful he is to us individually, how faithful he is to us as a church and in ministry. And uh, if God is moving your heart to, to give uh, financially towards, towards that ministry, 
Uh, there's lots of ways to do that. You can go onto our White Ridge app. You can go to our website. There's also uh, a basket at the back of this room. Uh, for those at home, uh, maybe in the space of this song, well, for all of us, it's just a time to, to uh, remember together how faithful our God is. Good morning, church. Would you stand with me as we read the scripture? Abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my, works, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Thank you. You may have a seat. Well, good morning. My name is Doug Friesen. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so glad to be sharing God's Word with you this morning. I hope that over the summer, as we've been going through the series of Follow Me as I Follow Christ, that you've been blessed and challenged. I know for myself, uh, having the blessing of preaching about the life of David, a life of passionate faith, and then Jeremiah, a life of refining faith, that was hugely helpful for me to slow down and look at these men that God had used and say, Lord, how do I meet you through their life? And uh, today, as it's a transition Sunday from our summer series to our fall series, uh, the passage that came to mind is the one that Emma just read. What a beautiful passage from John 15. I am the, the vine and you are the branches. And what a beautiful song that Leanne sang. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you call us to abide with you and have life in you, not just one-on-one, -on -one, but together. You have called us to abide with you as a family of believers so that the world might know that you exist, that you love them and care for them. Lord, have your way in this service today. Bless us as we come to know you better through your word. 
A life of abiding faith. That is what I believe Jesus would be saying, through, especially through John 15, is abide with me. That's what life in Christ is about. Abide. It's a word that we don't use very often. It's very particular to John, actually. He uses it again and again, abiding faith. He also uses it in 1 John 2, verse 5. He says, whoever abides in him, in Jesus Christ, ought to walk the same way in which Jesus walked. So this is saying we need to get to know our Savior. When we read Scripture, it shouldn't just be for principles or guiding truths. It should be to know the person of Jesus Christ. All of Scripture points to him from Genesis to Revelation. Everything we read is pointing us to the character of our God. And as we get to know him, we're meant to walk with him. One of the most beautiful things for me in the book of John, when I started reading that, the first chapter, it tells us about John the Baptist seeing Jesus and saying, Behold the Lamb of God, the man who will take the sins of the world. And then he baptizes him. And then the Holy Spirit falls upon Jesus when he's being baptized. And the very next day, he sees Jesus again and he goes, Behold the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples kind of move away from him and go to Jesus, and, and they just follow him. And Jesus turns around and says, what are you searching for? And he says, where are you going? Where are you staying? That's what they say to Jesus. And he says, come and come, just come with me. Come and be with me. Abide with me. And it says he invites them into their home, and they, he's, they stay the day with him. We can assume that they, they had a sleepover with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, I want you to know me. I want you to be in my life. One of those disciples was Andrew. I'm not sure who the other one was, but he became, they became part of the 12. And he had these deep abiding relationships. Abide means to stay with, to make a home with. That would be a good way of saying it. Make a home with God. And so we're going to take today just to, to look at John 15 and think of some of the ways that we can abide with our Savior John 15, verse 9 says, As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. As I mentioned, abide is very peculiar to, to, or particular to John. He uses it ten times in seven verses in this little passage. And then the other word he uses is love. He uses the word love eight times in five verses. And so abide and love are hugely tied close together. And what Jesus wants you to know is that he is deeply, deeply loved by his Father. He wants us to love him, but his source of love comes from his dad. As the Father has loved me, that's how Jesus loves us. And he says, I want you to abide with me. I want you to stay with me so that you know my dad. That's the beautiful invitation of life in Christ. 15 verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How am I supposed to know to love my neighbor? To the extent that I've received the love of God, that's what I have to give to you. I don't have to wonder. I just have to reflect and say, Lord, how have you loved me? The way that you've loved me, Lord, is what you want me to extend to someone else. But Lord, they don't deserve it. They've hurt me. Doug, do you deserve my love? Oh, Lord, you're so merciful, you're so gracious, you're so gentle, you, you speak truth, you rebuke me, you discipline me. 
Lord, any way that you love me is how I'm supposed to love others in my life. So a question I ask myself when I read passages like this is, how has Jesus loved me? And of course, all of us can say, of course, Christ died for us on the cross. That is the, the crux. That's where things start. But look through your life and say, Lord, how have you loved me? And let that soften your heart. As Christians, the, the heart that was hard before knowing Christ, it's softening. One day it's going to be perfectly working. <laughs> but right now it's not always. And we need to reflect on the love of God. And this question is, is even a, a harder question. Who could I tell to love others in the way that I have loved them? Have you ever thought of that? Follow me as I follow Christ. Could you go some, to someone and say, to the best of my ability, I've loved you the way Jesus has loved me. I want you to love others as I have loved you. That's how God wants us to look at life especially with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the starting place. If we can't do that here, what hope is there for the world? So could we say, as imperfectly as I can do it, I will still love you as Christ has loved me. I'm just learning about the love of Christ. I'm just growing in that. But I'm going to love you to the ability that I can that is God-given. Because he's changing me. He's shaping me. That's the way we're meant to love others. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. This is what Jesus said to his disciples, and it was a foreshadowing of what he was going to do on the cross. You will desert me, you will fail me, you will sin against me, I will die for you because I love you and I want you restored to my Father. I want you to be able to abide with me. I want us to abide. He didn't want any of his 12 disciples to not have eternity with him, to not have everlasting friendship with him. And he said, I will show you that my life conquers death. Follow me. Trust me. I am eternal life. Abide with me. And God calls us to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. In some countries, this is literal. They are risking their life for God day in and day out by being witnesses where they are. And our brothers and sisters around the world are dying for their faith. This is a literal statement. We sit back here in our comfort and say, oh, that sounds, you know, that's a, that's a powerful statement. People are doing this. But I think God knows too that we're all at different stages in life as far as what's the reality of having to actually give our lives for someone as far as life or death. 1 John 3, 16 to 18 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. And then it gives this other practical piece that applies to all of us. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Our love needs to be displayed to people. 
It needs to be experienced by people because we love them in the way God has loved us, which was a substantial change in our life, meeting us where we are and moving us closer to him. And we are meant to walk in love with all those around us, doing whatever God prompts us to do for them to help them experience the love of God. And I just want to highlight here that we're part of a family. You might not feel that in your daily experience, but the reality is if you've given your life to Christ, he's put you in a family. You have brothers, you have sisters, and your daily experience might not reflect that yet or very well, but God says, I've changed your reality. I want you to live from that reality. I want you to live with others as though they were your brother and sister and you would do whatever you needed to have a healthy relationship with them, even when they hurt you, even when they ignore you, even when you feel misunderstood. You don't give up on family. God has put you in his family and Jesus has a wonderful father who loves him and his love for us tells us all about our dad. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. This statement does not work well for me and my friends. <laughs> I cannot say, do what I tell you to, then we'll be friends. That wouldn't work out too well. But with Jesus, it totally makes sense. Because he's the source of life. He's the source of everything good. He's the only being, when he makes a statement like that, it's loving completely. It's generous beyond compare. John 1, 2, 3 to 6 says this, And this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Get this. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. Can I tell you that that's why it's so important that when we get together on Sundays and we learn about Jesus through his word, that you understand that what you're hearing is imperfectly spoken by people up here, but we're pointing you to the word of God. And this, through here, we hear the voice of our Savior and we learn to obey him. And he says, that's where life is. You're so easily deceived, Doug. You're so easily led astray. But when you listen to my voice, you know where to follow. And I will lead you to life everlasting. I will help you abide with me. Doug, you so desire to belong. Don't you understand that you first need to understand you belong to me? You get your identity from me? And what the world needs is Christ through my life, Christ through your life. We need to spend time with God and his word again, not just to learn principles and rules or a checklist of, oh, I did this, I did, but to hear the voice of Christ and to know that we obey his commands because his commands are dynamic. There's truth that's solid, but how it's lived out moment by moment, God will prompt you by the grace of his Holy Spirit to obey and that's where life, that's where abiding takes place. First John, or John 15, 15 goes on to say, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends 
since I have told you everything that the Father has told me. For me, for years now, that has been my definition of friendship. Friendship is when I give to you what God has given me, regardless of your response to me. I sure hope it's a positive response, but I don't count on it. All I know for sure is that I'm responsible, that you are my friend when I receive from God and I give to you. That's changed friendship for me. It totally has. Just saying, Lord, I need from you what to give to others. I have no idea what other people need, except I know they need you, and I can only share what I've received from you. The phrase that caught me, though, this week was this, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. <laughs> Jesus is discerning. He had groups of friendships. He didn't share big things with everybody. He, he had different levels of intimacy with the people in his life. I went out for coffee with a friend last week and we were just talking about the necessity of close friendships and being vulnerable and authentic with people. And he shared a quote with me which has stuck with me. And it says, our goal should be to be authentic with all, with transparent with most, and vulnerable with a few. That's a good way of looking at life. If I could be authentic with everybody, wouldn't that be wonderful? I never have to look over my shoulder. Did I say something different in this context than I would in that one? And, and transparent, meaning that I share a little bit deeper with, with many people. If you ask me, especially that, if you ask me, I will tell you. But then vulnerable is more like when I take the initiative with a few and say, I, I need to talk about this with you. And not just about the hardships, but about the glories that God is calling me to. And it, it's fearful because if God's not in it, it will fail. But I, I know he's leading me in that direction. Help me to be faithful. Do you agree with me? Do you think that God might be doing that in my life? That's the kind of vulnerability we're talking about. The only thing about this statement is it's very dangerous without Christ. Because authenticity can be toxic. Because you can be authentic about all the sin in your life and celebrate it. We need Christ for any of this to really matter. And the intimacy actually works in the opposite direction. We abide with our Father through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. We abide together as a, as a family and we learn to be more transparent. And in time, we actually just are authentic. You don't try to be that. You get that? If you're trying to be authentic, you're not authentic. It just is who you are. If you're just, you know what I'm saying? Like it needs to flow out of a core. And so often we're just trying to change the outside. And God says, that's not where you start, Doug. You start by abiding with me. And you can't abide with me if you don't know the word. If you don't know my voice. And you can't abide with me if you're not engaged with your family. You can't say you love God if you don't love your brothers and sisters. And that is talking about believers. We are supposed to love the world, but it's specific about loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to learn to enjoy Christ in each other. We all have something to contribute to each other's lives. There's a cancer in this world and I call it relational isolation. That's a big term, but there's just loneliness. There's this idea that I can be happy most of the day with people, have fun, entertainment, legitimately joyful, but distracted. And then when it's quiet, I almost have to have something going on because the quiet can bother me. And so many people 
feel distance from God. We can voice it, we can sing it, but some of this, somehow I just, I don't even know if God likes me. I don't know if anybody else likes me. Not if they knew everything about me. God says that is a lie of the devil. And the only cure to that is abiding with our Father through Jesus Christ and abiding together. We need to be reminded that we belong to God. And that should be one of the most humble statements you say. Because who are we that we would belong to God? Who are we that he would come down to save us? That he would give his life for his enemies and call us his children. When we're in the presence of God, we become everything we're meant to be. Because sin disgusts us then. And when sin overpowers us, which it does day by day, many times probably, I can guarantee you it's because we've distanced ourselves from the abiding life of Christ. We need to learn to abide. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. We are meant to walk together. That's a figurative statement, but it actually is supposed to be very practical. We're supposed to walk with each other in life. Invite people into your life and journey with them and do it in an increasing love. It will be an imperfect love until we're in eternity, but an increasing love that's dependent on what we've received from Christ. We've chosen to use the name for discipleship in our church. We've used the name Life Path because of that imagery of walking together, journeying together. There's so many verses in the Bible that talk about walking and a path, and these are the two that are the foundation of this. Psalm 16, verse 11, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hands are pleasures forevermore. That's Psalm 16, verse 11. And very, very close to it is Acts 2, 28. And, And this one even hits me more, at least for today. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. If you're looking for joy anywhere else, you are going to be disappointed. Our true joy comes from being in the presence of God, and then he supplies every other joy in the way it's meant to be enjoyed. And yet we search for stuff outside of God, saying, I need to find fulfillment in this. I need to find happiness in this. I need to be distracted. I just want to feel good for a while. That's why sin is so enticing, because it does it for a while. And then it makes us so much worse. Life path. Lord, help us know the paths of life. I want to share with you what we're hoping for and we're planning for over the coming months to help us learn to walk together in love. The development of holy habits. This is what we really need. As leadership, I think there's a solid understanding of, yes, this is the direction. There's details to be figured out. There's things that will be refined. We're going to get things wrong when we say things. We're going to figure it out, though, as we go along, because we know the direction. It's an abiding life with Christ together. 
And so what we've decided is that we want to make it a regular rhythm in our church, not just for this next ministry year, but ongoing, that we want to have predictable rhythms of discipleship, that the rhythm's predictable, what what happens and it isn't, except that you know that we will do whatever we can to help us meet Christ in his word and in his spirit and in life together. And we want to do that at least twice a year, maybe sometimes it will be three times a year, eight to ten weeks long. And so what we've decided for this fall is that starting from October to November for eight weeks, we're going to be focusing on the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And the, the, the sub-phrase is this, walking the path of kingdom values. And we're going to make available, we still have to work this out, but on Right Now Media, there's a way that we can post the sermon. We're going to post a little clip of the visual Bible, which is an enactment of Scripture, word for word from the NIV, that will be there. And also then a, a, a recap each week of the message, just saying, here's a few of the points to remember, here's a discussion question for you, and here's a challenge for you. And you can feel free to change those, but we just want to help you have something to dig into God yourself, but more importantly with others. So we're, we're hoping, we're expecting that every life group make use of this, and we're going to provide more opportunities for our whole church as well. And, and one of the things that has just thrilled me is finding this resource, which is part of a collection called the ESV Illuminated Study Bible. And when you open it up, this is Matthew. This is a journal for you of Matthew. You can open it up, and it's the NIV text on one side. It's Matthew. And on the other side, it's more or less a blank page. Sometimes there's drawings, but it's for you to take notes during the sermon, notes as you read through Matthew, um, draw pictures, whatever you want to do to engage with God in his word. And there's 28 chapters in Matthew. I'd say between now and Christmas, it's a reasonable goal that each of us say, hey, let's read Matthew at least one chapter a day. That's five minutes. You could get through Matthew three times and really get to know who Christ is through the book of Matthew. That would be a reasonable challenge, I'd feel, for any of you. We ordered 125 copies of these, and we were just hoping, oh, we hoped they'd be gone. They're all gone. They're all gone, and I praise the Lord for that. One family came and they bought five. Because that's the idea, is that this is for each of you personally, so that you can take your notes, and then when you get together, you know what? You start getting excited about sharing. Because you've actually learned something about God. You've actually been hearing his voice through his word, and you want to share that. And if we can't start doing that with our church family, where's it going to start? I ordered another 100 copies on Thursday. Yeah, let's clap. You guys good with that? Let's buy these. Let's invest in these. We're actually going to be in Matthew for over a year. I would pray that you get to know Christ so well through this book and you will not get bored when you open it up and say, Lord, I only want to meet with you. Your time with him will get richer and richer and you will desire to share him with others. And then you will be blessed by what others give you as well as they hear from God. So that's one of the key things, and I hope this becomes staple for us. We're always gonna be preaching books of the Bible, but we need to get into the word ourselves. And isn't it nice when we're on a similar journey? I'm gonna read a lot more of the Bible than this. This is for me is, is kind of an enhancement to our church life. You can have all your own devotional life and bring that to the table too. But let's get to know God through his word, through Matthew. The other thing is during these life path journeys, we're going to have meals together. I continually pray, we continually pray, Lord, why did you give us this building? 
We can stream, we can meet in homes. Why this building? There's many different reasons, but one is we've got a great kitchen in there, and we've got a place to have a meal here together, and we can learn to enjoy each other's company. And in that, we can learn to invite Christ to the table and say, let's talk about our dad. And so starting October 5th, I think that's the first Wednesday for eight weeks, we're going to offer a meal here. The cost will be, the, the cost ranges, but it's usually $7 a person, up to $25 for a family of five, and then it's kind of like $5, that's a bigger, but you're, you'll see it on the form, okay? But a reasonably cost meal here, and our own church family making it in the kitchen. We have four kitchen captains who have already picked their meals, they know what they're going to make, but they need helpers. And so today, actually around 10 o'clock, you, you would have had an email or you're going to get a text that will ask you to fill in a registration form. And we really ask that in the next week and a half you take time to do this. It will only take you two, three minutes, really, especially after listening to this. And one of the things you can do on there is say, hey, Doug, you know that Bible you talked about, the hundred that are coming? I want one of those. Well, you mark on there that you want one or two, however, and we'll reserve it for you so that when they come, they're there. If we get rid of those hundreds, I'll buy another hundred more. We'll have them for you. But the other thing you can let us know is, are you willing to serve on a, on a Wednesday when we have the meals? Either in the kitchen, setting up tables, cleaning tables, greeting people. The goal is to have you serve once a month, if you're willing. Once a month to create that family environment. All the options are there. And if you want to serve in the kitchen, we have our own training here that we provide. It's simple training. It's just to help you understand the basics of the kitchen. And we need you to, to come to that training. The next one we're offering is Saturday, September 24th. And then we're doing one on Thursday, October 6th. It's all in the form. So when you go, you can say, yeah, I'm willing. Yeah, I can come to this date. That would be wonderful. But we got to think about inviting people here. And that's us first. Inviting friends here. This is one of the things that excites me about the forum. Forms shouldn't be that exciting, but there is a bit of an administrative geek in me too. But with the help of friends, we've made this form, I think, even better because we can show hospitality through Come to the Table. We've talked about it, but we, wanna, we really want to put the, the challenge out there for us to show hospitality. So this is word for word what it says on the forum when you start doing it for the Wednesdays. And it will say, have you met someone new at church that you'd like to know better? Would you like to bring your neighbor to our church family meal? We'd love, to make use of, we'd love for you to make use of come to the table to show hospitality to others. If this interests you this week, please register them below. Then you can give their name and you can pay for them right away. We want our church to be equipping us for the way we want to live all the time. We desire for your homes, my homes, that we're people of hospitality to whatever degree God has helped us with, but why don't we start by helping here at the church? Why don't you invite people here? Why don't, you, why don't we start experiencing the, Christ, the love of Christ among us a bit more intentionally by saying, yeah, let's make that rhythm of life make space for each other. I hope we all do that individually, invite friends to our homes. It's really hard to do that for a whole church, but if we agree, here's the rhythm, and we don't expect that you can come all eight weeks, if you can come one, yeah, excellent. If you can come two, yeah, excellent. Come however often you can and enjoy our church family. Wear a name tag so that we get to know your name. That's a starting place, right? We're a bigger church now. And the only way we can get to know each other better is if we intentionally create space to do that. And then we're going to have what are called discipleship groups. And I'm just going to give you a simple definition of this. What's a discipleship group? 
Our discipleship groups meet during our life path journey and they are made of three to six people, max eight, who come to each meeting prepared to do four things. Share an insight gained from reading Matthew. You bring your book with you if you have it and come ready to share one thing from there that's impacted your life. Participate in the sermon discussion question. We'll bring it up. We'll remind you this is what was brought up last Sunday. Let's talk about that. And then also debrief on your experience of how you entered into the challenge, whether you did that, the challenge that was listed, or you created something yourself. And finally, that you're intent on creating friendships. And by that, I mean extending yourselves to others in friendship. It's so easy to be thinking about what I need. And God says, think about my kingdom and I will provide you everything. So God says, Doug, if you want to make friends, love them as you've been loved. I'll take care of the rest. So let's have that default with each other. I just read this this morning in my devotions, so I thought I'd share with you now. This is Paul talking with the, the people that he longs to visit. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. You get that? This is Paul. He says the spiritual gift is we're going to talk with each other about Jesus. We're going to encourage one another to be faithful to our Savior as he's faithful to us. That's the kind of environment that we want to help foster, the holy habit to create so that we experience it here and then we bring it wherever else we go. We become authentic Christians where we're at. It's not like, oh, I, I got to remember I'm with my neighbor. They don't know the Lord. I have to live this way now. I have to be careful. No, you're authentic because this is the way we, we're learning to live. And the groups are led by a host, and the host's job is this, to lead by example and help the conversation stay focused on our experience with Christ. Um, not everybody's going to make Wednesdays. Totally understand that. So discipleship groups can happen throughout the week. So what you can do on this registration form that you're going to get a link to in the next week and a half, it's there in your mailbox already, is you can say, you know what, Wednesdays don't work for me but I can make it on a Tuesday or a Thursday. You let us know which days do work for you. And my best thought right now is that first week of October when we kick off, I'd like to meet those of you who say, this is the night I could meet on. We'll meet here at the church. We'll introduce ourselves to each other. I'll lead you through a time of discussion together and we'll make next steps from there. I don't know what the next step, I, I know what the next step is. I don't know the steps after that. So let's journey together. And there's training for, if you're interested in that, if you say, Doug, I could be someone who helps facilitate discussion. We're going to have a training time this Wednesday at 7 o'clock, just for an hour. Please make time for that. So with all that said, I know it might have been a little bit like a fire hose. What I really want you to get for the end of today as we leave here is all of this needs to be about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God him having his way in me, first of all. Then learning to us, having his way in us. And then through us, extending to people who don't yet know him. That's the kingdom of God. That has to be our focus. You and I are part of the family if we're in Christ. And no matter what's in your life, the hardships or the blessings, you're in Christ. But there are people all around us that don't know him yet. And God says, this is why you're still breathing, Doug. Because they need, to know you, they need to know me through you, through us. And that's more and more true. People need to see Jesus in us together. 
There's something uniquely beautiful when Christians have communion with each other and the Holy Spirit dwells with us. John 13, 34 and 35 says this, a new command I give to you, love one another. Do you get that? I hope it doesn't need to be said over, like that's the goal, love one another. As I have loved you, you must also love one another and this is key. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Satan's having a heyday by us not doing that. The very thing that we all want to belong and to be loved. God says, do that. Be intentional about it. And then invite people to see that. That's the potential of come to the table. That's the potential of discipleship groups. That's the potential of our friendships outside of this building. When we really develop friendships that rely on Christ. That's the hope for us. I just want to close by reading. This is another part of my devotions this morning, and I thought it was a very suitable way to end. And this is a passage that will be quite familiar to you. It's Revelation 3, verse 20. Those whom I love, I, repro- I reprove and discipline, so be, ze- so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. You know what the key of abiding is? Repentance. Lord, forgive me for anything that keeps me from you. Don't just think about the big sins. Anything that keeps me distracted from abiding with my Savior is something that I need to repent of. You say, well, that's a lot. Yeah, that is. Do you understand how vast the grace of God is for us? That's how vast it is. And it's so beautiful. It doesn't just come and he goes, I will come into you. I will put my spirit in you and we will eat together. We will feast together. Let's make it our goal to experience that type of life together more and more in this coming ministry year by the grace of God. I'm going to pray as the worship team comes up. Father, we thank you that you are patient with us, that you are persistent with us, and that your great desire is that we would just hear your voice and say, I want to be near you. I want life in you. Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your son, forgiving him for our sins to be forgiven, but for sending your Holy Spirit to live within us. Father, have your way in us so that your kingdom may come and that through our church family, people might come to wonder about you, question about you, and find answers in you because of the relationships that we invite them into. Lord, purify us, refine us, use us for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we love you and we want to love you more. I want to love you more, and I pray that by your Spirit you would continue to grow us in our genuine love for you. And I also pray that you would continue to grow us in our genuine love for one another, that this would be a safe place to grow in faith, that this would be a place where we can offer peace and love to one another and care for one another and build one another up and build up the church so that others will know that we are your disciples. I pray that you would grow us in your name, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Have a wonderful day.